Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of Two Girls One Book Podcast. It's been a while. Um, We had a couple of weeks off uh, due to hectic schedules and I was away for a good chunk of it and we had my Hindu and work and life and attending other people's weddings too. You know, that's how it goes. Um, but we're back, hopefully, on a semi-regular schedule. We'll see how we get on, because um, I do have to get married. So we'll see, <laughs> see, see how ma- that goes. Small matter in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it should work out all right. I think we'll be okay. Um, but today we are going to talk about a True Crime Story uh, by Joseph Knox. Um, and this is a book that I've not seen loads about. So we've ju- we just had a little chat before we uh, started recording. We're, we're going to attempt to keep this completely spoiler free. We'll see how we go with that. If we decide to spoil stuff, then we'll we'll warn you before we blur anything out. But I think we will be able to chat about this without giving too much away. Yeah, fingers crossed. So maybe if you've not if you've not heard of it. Uh, Hannah's going to do her usual little synopsis now just to give you a brief overview and then we'll sort of dive a little bit more into the quirkiness of this book. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, in 2011, Zoe Nolan walked out of her university flat and disappeared completely. Seven years later, writer Evelyn Mitchell begins investigating the case interviewing Zoe's family and friends, emailing her friend Joseph with chapters of the book that she's writing on the subject. Joseph finds himself intrigued by the case too, and before long he is more involved in it than he ever thought he would be. Um, The story is told through often conflicting interviews and statements um, that were taken on all of the twists and turns along with Evelyn and Joseph as we try to piece together what happened to Zoe Nolan. So... I picked this one up, Um, I don't know if anyone remembers, I went on a bit of a a solo bookshop jaunt around London uh, at the end, towards the end of the summer, end of the summer I think it was, Um, and this one was on display in foils, I think it, yeah, it was, yeah, Um, and I was, you know what it's like, I was being drawn to pink books, this one's not pink, but it's got pink writing on it. So I picked it up and had a little read through of it and realised that it was set in Manchester, like student world Manchester, when I was a student in Manchester. Um, So that's what caught my eye Mm -hmm. when I picked it up. I I didn't really know much else about it at all because I hadn't seen it anywhere. Um, But I knew that there was therefore going to be lots of local links that I would get yeah um so so that was kind of kind of why I wanted to read it what drew you to it uh partly just the visual when I'd seen that you you pick it up and it's like super like bright pink bold writing on the front Mm -hmm. that it's uh, the title itself intrigues me I'm a massive fan of true crime anyway and then when I'd done a little bit of digging into the kind of concept of the book I was like okay yeah you're talking my language here yeah um 
I was also a Manchester student, albeit a good 10, 15 years after you, because I did it as an adult student. Um, but it still was intriguing in terms of the kind of location and knowing knowing those places that it talks about. Um, it If you can immediately place yourself in that city, I think it helps you kind of connect with the with the story a little bit more. But yeah, um, so yeah, it was a, purely a aesthetic at first. <laughs> Yeah, well, same. Yeah. But I think that's that's a massive important thing about books these days. I think publishers are doing a really great job of getting the right people in to do the right designing. And so, yeah, you know, keep, keep up the good work. No boring covers, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... Did you like it? Um, there was a moment halfway through where I was like, I'm not really sure about this. And I think I can remember messaging mm. you and being like, I'm struggling a little bit. But on the whole, mm. yes, I did like it. Um, okay. I almost feel like I'd rather, if I'd had a weekend to set aside just to power, start to finish straight through. Because um, yeah. I felt like it was maybe a little harder for me to pick it up here and there, keep track of what had yeah, gone on. I... Yes, definitely. Because there are, there's, a reasonable amount of characters uh, to keep keep track of. I did read it in a in quite a close sitting. It wasn't in like one go, but um, I think that did help me because I just kept kept the flow of it. Yeah. So I, I guess the one of the things that we should um, talk about first uh, is the fact that it's like you said in in your little synopsis, it's in interview form. Like there's. There's no just regular prose knocking around this book. It's um, much like with Daisy Jones and the Six, written in the same sort of format, um, but obviously with a crime at the centre of it. So that also intrigued me because I really I liked the I liked the way that Daisy Jones was written. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like you say, it does sometimes mean that it, I don't know, it's hard to, hard to follow it as, yeah. I don't know, um, cause it's bitty. Yeah. One of the things that I'd, um, said was, I think obviously because it's in an interview form, there isn't the kind of scene setting and like physical descriptions of people as there is in an ordinary book. So I was having to remind myself of which character was which without having like a physical image in my head of being able to kind of hang that on and go oh that's that's what that guy looked like um so with that I struggled a little bit but I really enjoyed the interview style um she'd um we'd said I'd said in the synopsis that that it's kind of interjected with these emails between Evelyn and her friend Joseph um where she explains that she's obviously done the interviews with individual characters separately but she splices them together in a chronological order so you can kind of follow the story one character says this happened xyz and then immediately the next character can almost respond to it within their interview um i like that and i thought it was it kind of kept the story moving really like a fast-paced kind of quick fire rather than having to read one whole interview and then another whole interview with a different character i thought that was a, a yeah, clever yeah. use of the interview definitely interviews. there was a lot a lot more um back and back and forth yeah uh, i think um so i i actually messaged um the author of the book 
just to like get his take on it on like a few different aspects of it um and he was kind enough to to send over some bits of bits of info and just like what his what was going through his head um when he when he wrote it because it's quite a different different kind of book to most crime slash thriller type things um so i guess throughout this podcast i'll sort of interject with what he actually told us as, mm-hmm. as well as what we thought um but yeah he said he found uh this the style of book about 13 years ago um and he was reading the biography of a songwriter um and it, that had like all of the different intercut interviews like um like you just said um of people who'd known the songwriter he yeah. didn't actually tell me what the song who the songwriter was should probably ask <laughs> um but that style of book is called an oral history so there okay. you go which well, I, I did like not the... know um yes me too um because he then he then read a few different ones um so he, he said he read one on uh, saturday night live um a political one and then uh one called boy wonder where someone had used that style for a novel okay um and then he he sort of thought oh okay so maybe maybe i could use this for a mystery because so joseph knox the uh, he i think he's written a trilogy of crime books based in manchester yeah. which i'd be really interested to read after reading this i mean i take that it's quite a different style yeah um but i'd be really interested to read read those as well um because yeah we love a bit of of gritty northern crime (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think i mean this book shows a lot of creativity in the writing style so i would be interested to read just his kind of standard in inverted commas uh, novel um yeah i did think i really i did really enjoy it i um I had to keep reminding myself that it was fiction because it is read so yeah. that you, it immerses you in it as though it's a... I think right from the very beginning, when you first open the book, the first thing you read is a publisher's note, which mm-hmm. kind of states, oh, this is the second edition. After the first edition was published and new information came to light, we've included this new material. And I'm going, what? Is, what? Yeah. is, this, is this for real? And I was like, is there a first edition? <laughs> what exactly yeah it's really quite um yeah it's quite confusing in a in a way because then it says something about them uh like the publisher and, and joseph knox parting ways yeah doesn't it um yeah so it all felt like oh gosh right okay it's quite yeah. uh serious um but yeah so the the other thing to to probably raise straight away is that um Joseph Knox, the author, is the Joseph in the book that Evelyn is writing to. Yeah. So he has written himself into the book. And um, I guess we'll talk probably get to talking about this a little bit uh, more as we go on. Because um, he, he's not painted in the best light. No. At all. Uh, so, yeah, that's quite quite interesting. I haven't really... I don't think I've come across that before when someone's just so blatantly... There's been some books that we've talked about that um, you've said it felt a bit like they were talking 
about themselves, but not like, hello, yeah. my name's Joseph yeah. and I am a writer. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I really, I really liked that. Um, it's just really sort of straight up and it was almost like a comedic element to that. I don't know, yeah. that, that made me smile. Um, yeah, there has yeah, to be. I appreciate. A, I appreciated that a massive level of confidence to put yourself in a book and not because you're at that point. Then, if the people don't like that character, are they then just not liking you as a? I I have not got the confidence to do that at all. Well, so because he, he he um he said at, at the end of uh the the little um message that he sent me um that he he said he's had some very strongly worded letters about his behaviour. Uh, in the book from people who think that it's all real because you do even if like we're telling you now it's all fiction as you are reading it you would probably be thinking but is it yeah. is it actually yeah um so because yeah he he based it on his love of true crime podcasts yeah and i know that we're both fans of true crime podcasts yeah um and it, it does read exactly like a like a true crime podcast. He he did well, I yeah. think. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not sure why it's not been more widely talked about mm. because the true crime kind of fandom is so massive yeah. at the minute and has been for the last at least five years. I don't know why this is not so it's not a huge book. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's an industry, doesn't it? The yeah. true crime podcast industry. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think basically, before we go any further, if you do like true crime podcasts, and I feel like that's pretty much everybody at this stage, we're all sadistic so-and-sos, aren't we? <laughs> love love to know about horrific things happening. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you do like that and true crime documentaries, this is it in book form. So I, I would go for it. Yeah, pick it up. Um, yeah, so one of the things that I know we, we briefly, very briefly discussed this on my Hindu, uh, and then realised that we'd not recorded the podcast yet and told ourselves to shut up. <laughs> um, so one of the criticisms that you had was that you couldn't really visualise the, the characters. So because we've got like a, basically it revolves around a group of students yeah, don't know if we did. We say that. Uh, no, Zoe was a student. I think no, I, I said in the little. Zoe was a student. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. And generally, most of the the recurring characters, uh, throughout the the interviewees, are students who she lived with or lived near. Yeah. Um. So we have. Yeah, quite a lot of those characters coming coming back and back and back throughout. Um. But. Again, I guess because of the way that it's written, then there's no descriptions. Yeah. Uh, there's a picture of, of, of Zoe at the very beginning in the kind of mm -hmm. way that there would be in an article about a missing person. So I could picture what she yeah. looked like and therefore her twin sister, Kim, who also features in the book. Yeah. I could picture that because they're twins. So I've got two characters mm -hmm. in my head now. That's good. But everybody else, I had not got a clue what they looked like. And I just think that that made me 
it just took me that extra split second to kind of ground who it was that was speaking. Um, yeah. Because you would ordinarily have that yeah. kind of description of the character looks like this, yada, yada, what colour is their hair and things. Um, I think I'd started to kind of gather the... Almost the speaking styles were different, which again I thought was quite clever in the writing, that they all very much had different personalities just through their speech um, or through their interviews. Um, but right in the beginning I did find that hard to kind of hang my hat on and go, right, that's that person in my mind's eye. I'm definitely a very visual reader. I imagine it all in my head as I'm reading and I couldn't quite do that with the people. The places I absolutely could, but the people I couldn't. I've had this experience before with listening to podcasts, true crime podcasts. Um, so I don't know if you've ever had that where you've been listening to um, one one of the ones that I, I really got into a few years back was Up and Vanished. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple a couple of those series um, where I so desperately wanted to look up like what the people involved looked like, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to Google anything because I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I feel like actually the way that questioning of like who who are these people? Like I haven't seen them. Um, that kind of plays into the whole true crime podcast thing. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't particularly. I wasn't particularly bothered by that. Um, would it would it have helped if there was like a little like picture picture. Like yearbook almost. Yeah, I did think at that. At the beginning for you. I mean, that would have yeah. only been for me, for my benefit. But yeah. I do think that, yeah, it Personal probably would have done. for Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think some people do like having that descriptive nature just to help connect, like you say. So um, I'm sure it would help more than just you. <laughs> <laughs> I started um, r- trying to write down all of the names of the characters before we recorded just so that I had like little pinpoints on them and I gave up after I got yeah. to like her mum and dad and I was like oh because there's like mm. flatmates there's a girl who I think is only interviewed maybe three times or something but her interview pieces are still quite important but yeah. it's not she's not one of the kind of recurring characters there is a lot of characters in it yeah um which which like you say helps because there's a lot of red herrings yes <laughs> because I, there was there was a point where i got towards the end of the book where i like i actually eye rolled because i was just like oh this is are you really ending it like this <laughs> like that was so obvious and then it went in a different direction yeah. i was like oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, the actual ending. <laughs> um, and there I, were there were a few few like that. Yeah, so. I am, there's no way that I saw the actual ending coming, which I know that we yeah. always say this, but that's so refreshing. I think as well for yeah. people who do consume a lot of true crime with r- regards to podcasts and documentaries and things, you kind of, you think you know all it all because you've listened to it all. Um, and I didn't see this one coming. No. I yeah. like that. Um, me too, me too. It also is interesting, is he wrote this very quickly, he said, because um, he'd run out of money. Because <laughs> um, he, he'd spent ages uh, writing another novel, which was rejected by his editor. Um, so he was a little bit depressed and then just smashed out 
this one it's written faster than you'd uh, done anything else three months from realizing it would be a true crime-based uh no- novel to the first draft and then three more months polishing it up gosh so like start to finish six months boom yeah. which is pretty impressive stuff i have to say um but yeah uh, i thought i thought he did a wicked job um talking a little bit more about manchester um one of the one of the things that i particularly connected with so it basically they went to manchester uni didn't they mm. and they all it's based in owens park so for for anyone who was not a manchester student owens park was uh this austere horrific tower block student <laughs> building in fallowfield which is like student central it was horrible um and it it comes across as like probably like one of the baddies in the book really doesn't it he yeah. uses like owens park itself as one of the creepiest elements yeah it's really it like i never saw it as a creepy thing when i was a student but now i feel like <laughs> it was really creepy um but i so i didn't go to manchester uni but i did go to the royal northern college of music um which is also fairly heavily featured in the book which yeah. i had no idea about when i picked it up and when it first like came up in the book i was like my college which is a small college it's like what 500 odd students at at my college is it's not it it wasn't big at all um yeah rocked up in in my in this in this book like when i was still a student there because i was a student there from 2002 hang on yeah 2006 to 2012 um so yeah, I loved that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's pretty niche niche to me. <laughs> um, there, there probably isn't that many RNCM graduates reading this book, but if you are, then you should. Um, when I read it, I read the, the name of the college, and I was like, I'm sure that's where Rhiannon went. And I was like, Is this book just written mm-hmm. for her? <laughs> it's true crime mm-hmm, mm-hmm. set around her college. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the time periods where I was there. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Like I location wise it couldn't have been any better for for me reading it but i do think even if you're not a manchester resident you'd still get a lot from it i think i think the locations actually are described very well yeah but I, maybe i'm saying that from because i just because i knew everywhere anyway well see, so i don't know I, I studied in Manchester and I've spent a lot of time there, but I wasn't like a resident student. I did like weekend uni yeah. as an adult learner. So I, whilst I'm familiar with Manchester, I also felt that the descriptions of the places really helped me. Obviously, when you say about Fallowfield, I never stayed in Fallowfield, lived in Fallowfield. So it did, no. it was described nicely and well to me. I felt like I could picture where they were more than I could picture the characters there. Yeah. Um, and actually, at the beginning of each of the sections of the book, there's like a title page which has an image on it as well. Yeah. So, and that that was always to do with like the places more than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, pro- that probably helped too, didn't it? Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. Maybe we could briefly talk about um, Joseph himself. Yep. A little bit more now. Um, so 
he because I, I, I asked him i asked him about this because that was what i was intrigued about like what on earth made you put yourself in a book and and you also come across as a bit of a <laughs> cretin <laughs> um he's very condescending in the book mm-hmm. who knows what he's like in real life i'm sure he's a very nice guy but in the book he ain't um but he said uh, adding myself as a character was originally just a way of making the concept whole i wanted the book to appear as though it was all true so i needed to explain my name on the jacket As I worked, I saw an interesting way of addressing some of the criticisms of crime fiction, namely of men writing about violence against women. So from there, I thought Joe Knox in the book should become a metaphor for that. He's quite sleazy and manipulative with women. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And he gaslights Evelyn a bit. um, And then he said, well, I don't want to spoil anything, dot, dot, dot. So we will leave that there. I I, I spoke to him um before i'd finished the book so i I was glad that he he didn't like (laughs) drop any massive spoilers when uh when he messaged but um but yeah i thought that that was great yeah yeah there were moments where i was like obviously i'd seen because you'd messaged him off like the podcast instagram page so i'd been able to kind of see the message that he sent back and i was like oh he seems like a really lovely guy and then as i'm reading the book i was like oh i have to keep reminding myself that he seems like a really lovely guy (laughs) because i was just really annoyed (laughs) at him but um yeah what i thought was interesting was that it's almost the email um correspondence between joseph in the novel and evelyn who's the writer who's investigating almost is like a secondary story because she's got her own things going on in her life yeah and things start happening to her that feel a little bit dangerous as well um so it was almost like a story within a story within a story which i thought hurt my brain a little bit but as long as i kept telling myself like this is all just not non this is all fiction it's not real then I was like, yeah, this is fine. I can deal with this. But I did have to keep reminding myself that he just seemed lovely when he messaged. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, I'm sure he's a stand-up guy. Um, he's just good at writing about not stand-up people. Pretty much everyone in the book uh, is a bit of an idiot. Yeah. Because um, he, he said about that as well. Like He, he wanted, <laughs> in his words, uh, the fact that most people are pretty much dicks when they're 18, um, which is yeah. true. So, um, I mean, not me, but <laughs> <was>. uh, general. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of people aren't uh, aren't their best selves at that age. But also, the grown ups in the yeah. adults in the book <laughs> um, were pretty much all very deeply flawed as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's just really good at writing about flawed characters. <laughs> who are slightly messed up um because i think his his other books are about uh what's he say i do i do need to read these um he said they're about uh a detective who had an abusive past and a speed addiction oh okay so he's flawed too wholesome characters um yeah so maybe that's just his his thing really screwed up people um yeah even if he's completely lovely himself there wasn't really one character that i ended up like evelyn i liked evelyn (laughs) and that was it the rest of them i was like i don't like you at all 
I'm not even sure that I like Zoe yeah. that much because we find out no. that there are flaws within her character as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. She's painted. Well, yeah, she's painted a, as a bit of a princess, I guess, by the the press. Um, and that that's really interesting. Like comparing that's a real life isn't it well that's that thing of it's um, the it's the young white blonde girl who goes missing yeah who is immediately angelic yeah. and has done no wrong when when you dig into it you can yeah. you find that actually she is she's not the angel that she's pitched i mean she didn't deserve to, to, to be disappeared but um no it's that kind of stereotype of painting the the white blonde missing girl as as perfect which is is yeah. wrong yeah, well, she, it also doesn't help her that her uh, family seems to be completely unhinged in general as well. Yeah. Her dad is a piece of work. I hated him uh, That's That's not, it's not a spoiler, but he just comes across as being pretty horrific from the, yeah. <laughs> from the word go. Um, and her twin sister is completely messed up. Um, with good reason yeah yeah it was it, they were kind of hard hard characters to read about but they all really intrigued me yeah if you could read a book about any one of them in like a little bit more in depth into one of their characters lives whose would you want to delve into oh Oh, that's a that's a tricky one. Because they did all seem to have interesting backstories that were only touched upon so very briefly. Because it's only in the context of what do you know about Zoe, um. So you never really get the full yeah. picture of it. So, um, I guess one of the one of the characters that I i found the most interesting because she was kind of the most annoying was um liu uh liu Wei. yeah that's her name wasn't it um and so she's she was a proper busybody basically yeah. wasn't she yeah knows in everybody's business but we don't really know that much about her yeah she was a was she one of the flatmates so you only really yeah, hear one her of, one of the flat- interviews in the context of her knowing Zoe as a flatmate. So it's yeah, I I and I feel like there's probably more to her than just knowing other people's yeah. business. I don't know. Well, I liked um, um, Alex, who was another one of the roommates, and yes. she seemed like she definitely had her demons. Oh, she um, did. Yeah, I think I. But again, you hear about it for when you kind of take break it down from the book it's probably two percent of the book is her and you don't get the backstory and the the other side of it and i think she she seemed a really interesting character as well but they all had snippets of things that were like intriguing yeah i feel like we we heard um, more of the backstory of the the boys actually Mm -hmm. um so yeah they were it was um jai and andrew that was his name, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Finton, who was Zoe's And Finton friend. as well. He was an interesting... Yeah. Oh, he was in... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the the boys were put. I guess maybe more emphasis was put on them because of the whole sort of suspect thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there was definitely more emphasis put on male suspects than female suspects. But yeah. I guess that's a that that's to only to be expected when a, a young female goes missing. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so may- maybe it would be nice to hear a little bit more about those other girls. Yeah. Um, Even the mum, yeah, were... when you compare, like, the, yeah. the interviews between the, the mum and the dad, she features very, very lightly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I really knew very much about the mum at all by the end of the book. No. No, maybe that's um, something like uh, what he was saying about though um, about the problem of men writing about women. So he's generally written about the yeah. men in the in the story, um, and I feel like he he wrote about them well. He certainly made them all into very unlikable characters. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah, he didn't want to get it wrong. Um, which a few books that I've read recently have. Uh, I don't know. What, I haven't got many more notes on it other than because I don't. It, you, I really don't want to spoil it because I really do think no. that a lot of people will enjoy it, and I think yeah. that the twists and turns. I was thinking earlier when you said he wrote it in such a quick time, to be able to write so many twists and turns, little red herrings, but not make it feel messy. I think shows real skill. Like it all felt like it was done very purposefully to lead you up and down and all the way around the houses before giving you this mm. massive surprise at the end. I think it was yeah. it was really enjoyable and I would hate to spoil that for anybody that does want to pick it up. Yeah, My absolutely. only complaint um, is that it is a big, fat, hefty, hardback book which hurt my arms to hold it up. <laughs> So if it could be a little oh. paperback, I'd love it. But that was my only well, complaint. Well, I'm sure it will be at some stage. Um, see, I'd, I'd much prefer... I just find hardbacks easier. We've had this conversation before. I yeah. find them easier because they just, like, stay open more. Yeah. Like, whereas with paperbacks, you've really got to break that spine. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay with a hardback. but And it looks pretty. It does look pretty. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, it was a real uh, original read. I mean, I know that there are uh, there are quite a few books out there at the moment that are trying to mix up the the mediums in which they are mm-hmm. written. Um, so that's not a particularly new thing. And like he he said, like he was inspired by a number of other of other books written in this format. But I think the way that he's brought it together is a very original way of writing a crime novel. Yeah. Um and I I really I really I really enjoyed it. I f- I flew through it and it it got me on a bit of a um thriller binge. I read a few thrillers that I'll discuss in the next short stories episode. Um but it it really got me got me in the in the mood for a good bit of a a crime 
Yeah. A good bit of crime being committed. So, yeah. One of the quotes on the back says, this will leave you spinning, which I feel like is an, is an apt way to describe it. It makes you kind of feel like you've been twirled around and gone, oh, I don't really know what's happening and where I am and, oh, that's it and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. liked it. I'd, I'd definitely, I would definitely read more books written in this style. Personally, I, I very much enjoyed the format of it. So, well cool. done. Yeah, that's that. There we go. <laughs> um, so there, there you go. That's an episode. That's an episode done. It's been, like we say, it's been a little while. So hopefully that one whets your appetite for this book uh i hope people go and pick it up after listening to this fingers crossed we didn't we didn't spoil anything i don't think but we were very good yeah well well done us um so yeah we'll post our reviews and stuff you'll probably have seen our reviews by the time you listen to this but yeah we'll speak at you later thanks for listening guys Thanks, guys. Bye. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all, all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls, One Book Pod. So come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.